He never knew anything. Your mom had something to say. Yeah, she, <laughs> she told me about how she, awful it was. And... She's like, get the, get, get the hell out of my house kind of thing. This yeah. is going to get mm-hmm. bad fast. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he showed up with like whipped cream and chains <laughs> and like a little monkey. And I was like, <laughs> what is that about? Greg, if you showed up at my house like that, you'd never leave. <laughs> uh, you're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 213, side A. This is the Gibby Five podcast. Uh, we're kind of entertaining. We're going to be a lot entertaining tonight for so many reasons. Hey. Uh, and if we don't get this recording done in about an hour, it's going to be even more entertaining for me. And don't worry about we'll it. See what happens there. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, what we My do, own business. <laughs> what we do is we talk about pop culture. And we talk about the things you might have streamed or watched or seen in the movies or listened to or played or any of that stuff and anything else that might have caught our eye or and we review it. My name is Mr. Carapace Clavicle Mountroud. How many times did you practice that? Be honest. <laughs> I didn't, but that's my name, so I know it. And I am joined by Stingy Jack. That's you. <laughs> okay. Howdy. Don't take my shit. Because <laughs> I'm stingy. And the great pumpkin. I am the great pumpkin. Oh yes. So much. So those are all. I looked up the equivalent of Santa Claus for Halloween to get these names. And apparently those are the ones that came up. Wait. Who? Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Back, back up. We're not going to act like you didn't just say what you just said, because I need to know who the hell Mr. Carapace Clavicle Mountshroud is. Uh, It is from a, like, 1950s thing. Um, Yeah, but if he's like Santa Claus, what what is his deal? What is his thing? We we got someone waiting here, sir. I will. No, 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 no. You should not have chosen that name. Tell me. I don't know. I'm, I gotta look it up again. You are you fucking kidding? Me? So, you are so useless. D- okay, I heard who Mount is Stingy Trump. Jack? Yeah, he's from a Ray. Okay, he's from the Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. Oh, cool. Who is um, Carapace or Stingy? Uh, I don't know. It's from Carapace. Uh, so he's from he's from a book, uh, and he basically he leads people on a journey to show the history of Halloween as seen through many different cultures. And it's a book that I now have to read because it looks awesome. That's really cool. And who is Stingy Jack? Oh my god. <laughs> I know who the Great Pumpkin is. I'm uh, the Great Pumpkin. Who is Stingy Jack? Stingy Jack. Uh, it is an Irish myth. Ooh, I uh, like Irish. Stingy Jack, also known as Jack the Smith, Drunk Jack, or Flaky Jack, and Jack <laughs> like the Lantern, Jack. is a mythical character sometimes associated with All Hallows' Eve and acts as a mascot for the holiday. As the story goes, several centuries ago in Ireland, there lived a drunker known as Stingy Jack. He was a deceiver, a manipulator. On a fateful night, Satan overheard the tale of Jack's evil deeds and um, 
wanted to see if he lived up to reputation. I'm not reading the next five paragraphs, though, so feel nice. free to look it up. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I love other uh, – either way, just let's continue. We have got a guest here who is – We do! P- patiently waiting for my ridiculous co-host to stop and asking go- me questions. And he's going, what the fuck did I do? Yeah, I think he's probably already gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm out. He walked off. His name is uh, Joel, and he is our official Dune consultant, a lifelong Dune fan. And we got him on board because he is the person that over the past, what, two, three years, every time – well, not every time, but every time we talk pop culture, he would be – we would talk about every time the we Dune movie. What? Every time we talked <laughs> pop culture. Pop or pop? So, stay so tuned question- for a four-hour episode, folks. It's going to be a while. <laughs> so the question is, Mr. Joel, yes, did you see the new Dune movie? I did. Because it's going to be Dune absolutely movie. hilarious if you haven't. <laughs> I did. I went to see it this past Sunday night or Sunday okay. afternoon. Yeah. The best would have been if you said, "Wait, there's a new Dune movie." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about the book, dude. <laughs> I didn't know they made movies. <laughs> I'm just an aficionado of sand. <laughs> and worms. Wait, there's a Dune movie? What? Oh, anyway, so if you guys haven't figured it out, we're going to be a mess tonight. Oh and we are going to talk about Dune, as you noticed, and season two of Lock and Key, which I believe Rob is just about to finish, and I'm halfway through. So we're going to review those things. I always finish. Right? Tonight's episode is brought to you by Vodka. So, <laughs> and rum. <laughs> Why is all the rum gone? Rob, because Rob's all here. The rum is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so, guys, root beer. <laughs> this is a review show. There will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid major twists. It, you know what? It no, we're not. It, tonight, it is not gonna happen. We are probably gonna ruin shit. So, if you're easily offended. You I, you may not even want to come back later. Because <laughs> it's only going to get worse. But if we are talking about something that you hadn't, haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, you should use your own discretion and perhaps come back later. <laughs> Maybe. Guys, uh, we have a Patreon. We do. And I'm just going to talk about it very briefly because it actually leads into the next story. Because <laughs> we all need Haslab. Yes. Uh, the, the, we have a Patreon. It is, uh, patreon.com slash give me five podcast. It helps out the show. It is $5 a month and there is higher levels as well. You get a chance to get into our, uh, patron only chat. And one of the things we talk about a lot in our patron only chat is toys. A lot of toys. Because we are nerds. It is not a toy chat, but we have a toy room. Not a, not a word. (laughs) (laughs) Not that kind of toy. So much. <laughs> we have a toy room and we end up chatting about various you know yeah things. that other toy stuff is actually in the regular chat yeah that's an that's because you know we wouldn't want to mix up our, our hobbies yeah but you know this is a pop culture podcast and a lot of these toy companies have picked up pop culture licenses you know batman and voltron and tron uh, I Dune, am, probably. I am absolutely dying for the Princess Bride figures that are due out in November. See, there we go. Nice. So, uh, this past week was uh, the the big uh, what was it? Hasbro Hascon, I believe. Pulsecon. It's called. Pulsecon. So for Hasbro Pulse is kind of the higher end Hasbro toys, and they have a bunch of the licenses like Star Wars and GI Joe and X Men and 
Marvel Legends and yeah. Ghostbusters and all this stuff. They release these things called Haslabs, and I am 100% putting this in our news, pulling it out of our chat room and putting it into our news because I want you listeners out there to support some of these Haslabs so that I can also buy them. Absolutely. Uh, a Haslab is a – it's basically a, a Kickstarter. Like um, a crowdfund to, kind of thing. For a much more high-end toy. Uh, they've had some very <clears throat> successful ones. You know, the uh, – what they do, they – like a, a full-size mold, uh, transformable Unicron from the Transformers, mm-hmm. which is huge. And apparently takes over an hour to transform. Wow. Um, they did a uh, a uh, three and three and three-quarter inch scale replica of the uh, Jabba sail barge, the Katana. Yeah, so it's huge Return and it has Jedi. the big cannons on top and everything, and it opens up and you can fit Jabba inside. They also um, did Razor Crest from Mandalorian yep. for the three and three-quarter inch figures and perfectly to scale. <clears throat> And Greg is still hope. waiting for that one. Yeah. And so what these things do is they come out and then you know, people crowdfund them and then they get approved and then people freak out because if you don't crowdfund them, you can't get them. And right. then they go up in price like immediately. Like immediately. The, the uh Razor Crest, for example, is already selling for twice what I'm paying what I paid for it. The the sale barge, which I think was probably in the neighborhood of like four hundred bucks, is listed at like twelve hundred now. Damn. Wow. Now, they did release three more this week. And again, Hasbro not paying us to do this. Hasbro's basically, this is actually making me pay Hasbro. So. And I actually want all three of them. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't think I can afford to get all three of them. Yep, so we have the Ghostbusters Proton Pack. was actually the last one announced, but it's mm-hmm. the first one I wrote down. Um, if you, but if you back it in the first 48 hours, you get the additional uh, ectoplasm decoration for the Proton Pack. Uh, so yeah, so this is a screen accurate proton pack from the newer movies, which they look like the old ones anyway. Uh, scanned and it's got like the thing that gets me is like the that fabric like covering over the wires is like frayed like in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, it looks amazing. It's it has lights, it has sounds, it actually has sounds from the old movies and from the new movies. Um, so that's that's backing at three hundred ninety nine dollars, and that actually is low price that I would consider because it looks gorgeous. It does. But it does not come with the Neutrona wand. The Neutrona wand was sold separately a while ago, so I'm curious to see whether or not those skyrocketed in price. Yeah, maybe. Uh, usually, when they do these, if you when you back them, if you get they get past a certain point, they add on new things too. So that might be a who knows what they're gonna add on. Uh, the other one that is near and dear to my heart, and I will be backing, is the GI Joe Sky Striker. Uh, I want that one too. I have a very distinct memory of me running around in my backyard with that toy when I was um, a young child, flying around, and uh, I was supposed to be go- we were supposed to be going somewhere where I was actually wearing nice clothes, and I know for a fact that while running around in my backyard with my Sky Striker, I stepped in dog poop <laughs> because it was a thing. It was definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. And I want the- and that's the cheapest of the three. Yeah, two twenty nine comes with the pilot ace. Comes with a co pilot who was featured on the box, but never was a real character. So it's kind of a cool Easter egg mm-hmm. uh, stand that you can put it on. Which I wasn't, I didn't know where I'd put it. But when they announced the stand, I was like, I could put that anywhere because it will, it will sit above. Like I could have it above my porgs. I could have it above my. Mm-hmm. I could have it anywhere. And I couldn't bring it to work because the people in the desks around me would steal bad it. People, they would totally steal it. But that's also <laughs> the only one that we know the stretch goals for. Yeah, and that one, if you get the stretch goals, you get a, a Scarlet character, who's a G.I. Joe character, in a who was suit. 
often in a flight suit in the cartoon, but that never existed in the toy form. She had a blue flight suit, and they are featuring that, as well as some some pretty cool... Uh, uh, Ben Ripcord uh, in the tactical gear and the third and some, one uh, is the ground it's crew. the two dudes the ground crew yeah they're pretty cool and of course last I don't want to go too long here but last but not least we have the Rancor monster that is actually scaled up for the bigger size figures for the, the six, six inch figures six yeah, inch figures series. so it's so it is a Gigundus Rancor monster that is gorgeous when when it raises its arms above its head it stands twenty seven inches tall holy shit and. <laughs> When you put when you put that its sounds arms, familiar. When you put <laughs> its arms out at its side, it's actually got a wingspan of forty two inches. God damn! It is really massive. That's yeah. It's cool and it's beautifully sculpted. It really is. I mean, right down to the drool in the mouth. Now we don't know the stretch goals for either the Rancor or the the Proton Pack, but I want all three of them. Yeah, but I don't want to buy it pro- buy a separate coffee table for that thing. Like that's ridiculous. That's huge. <laughs> The yeah. the pro the proton pack is four hundred. The rancor is three fifty, and the sky striker is two thirty. Yeah. So, either way, you can check that out at uh, HasbroPulse.com. Well, just go to HasbroPulse.com. And there's a button that says HasLab. These are even if you don't feel like backing it, they're still awesome memories if you are a child of the '80s or early '90s. Oh my god! Yeah. Or a child of the 1930s, like Joel. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> a little off there, but okay. Joel, who, Joel, who looks at least ten years younger than me, I, I make fun of him for for being a little older than me. Damn Just you! And your, damn you and your youth. Uh, <laughs> and and in addition to that, um, they they timed that proton pack perfectly because the movie is due out in like what two weeks, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Two and a half weeks, three weeks. And it is based on that um, version of the movie too. And I cannot wait. I am that that movie is probably the movie that I am most excited about this year. And I don't know why, but it's one of those things that, like, when you watch the trailer, you get like goosebumps and shit. I'm like, oh, this feels like they're doing it right. This feels like they're doing it right. So well, I'm very much looking forward to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Well. You only have two weeks to hold on. You better not, you know, you better not die before that comes out. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, you might end up as part of our Florida story of the week. Oh God! Welcome uh, to Florida. I didn't even need to look up Florida stories this week because one of them found me. Oh God! Mm-hmm. I actually saw this happening live. Uh, not like in person, but I saw this happening uh, live on social media. A social media influencer, and as soon as someone refers to themselves as an influencer, I do want to beat them to death with my foot. Um, do you want to detach any foot? Will do. I want to beat them. I want to beat them to death with a small animal. Uh, a squirrel could die. That's you fine. Might say. Yeah, yeah. Let's exactly. not be picky. Uh, she is a Instagram model, and she decided to pose sexily. Next to her dad's casket. Ooh. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, my God. With her dad in the casket, of course, because he had just passed away. And she posted wow. she posted sweet things, but the picture going along with it, she's, like, standing at the head of the casket, like, not along the side of it, the head of it. So you can't really see the body. You just can kind of see, like, a little bit of shoulders and a little bit of suit. And uh, her name, I don't even want to say her name because then people are going to follow her. 
for more, you know, Yeah, don't give her the notoriety. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Let's just say she's 20, and she stood there. She stood there doing that pose where she's got one leg, like the flamingo pose where your, like, one leg is up and your little butt's pushed out, and she's, like, looking back over her shoulder while her dad's casket is right there in some sort of, like, looks like a VA or something because there's a lot of, like, um, looks like more like a cafeteria kind of room with, like, a bunch of pictures on the wall. Um, That's triple weird, man. Yeah, so she uh, said she understood the negative reception but clarified that the, the, pic- the photos were taken with the best intentions in a manner my father would have approved of. Everyone handles the loss of a loved one in their own ways. Some more traditional and others might come across as taboo. The content creator said in a statement, I treated the celebration as if my father was right next to me posing for the camera as he had done on many occasions prior. Um, maybe, but as a daughter, as a father of two daughters, I'm going to go with you're the daughter of two fathers. You're, you're wrong. <laughs> That's fucking weird. Okay. That's uh, just it's, bizarre. It's the total. Okay, but, okay it, first of all, hold on. I need to, to respond to Omar first. There is a 100% chance that when you die, Rob, and I will be posing sexy next to your casket. And you know what? I, oh, no, no, I, no, 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 I, no, 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 no. You have to. You are incorrect, sir. We will be posing sexy inside his casket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That is fair. That's as fine. per as per his wishes in his will. Mm-hmm. That's not I'm the problem. I'm so glad I bought a leather thong. <laughs> I I will be holding his balls and you will be licking his ear. Aw, guys, I'm all teary eyed. Memory. <laughs> and um, Greg's like, no, I want to hold his balls. <laughs> guys, one of I each need, of I, you can. I hold think one some of, of our hosts need to have some nice black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, so I'm out of here. Fuck this. this. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee? Who wants that? <laughs> that shit. Uh, basically, go said that. Rum. Now, I, I will say, as as weird and over the top as that is, no one should. I, I don't think anyone should harass her about it. It is the day her father died. Clearly, they were close. So I, I don't think that like while I was while as I scrolled by, I saw it. I was like, is that a casket? And then it occurred to me what I saw. Uh, I did not. I'm not an asshole, and I didn't stop to like send a message like that's kind of weird. Um, right. I yeah, just allowed myself to think that it was kind of weird. It is the whole social media "look at me, look at me" bullshit. Yes. And that's all social media is. It's so fucking irritating. And I'm so old. I swear to God. Well, that, I, that's that is one of the reasons why I don't think this podcast will get the notoriety and like listenership that others do because we're not like none of us really like social media like the extent of my posts are like oh, i went to halloween horror nights here's a picture of some pumpkins for the podcast like we yeah, don't do anything right. we don't do stupid shit right. none of us are gonna show up to like a riot and be like oh look at us we're here Woo! or show up to like a i don't know like the the last performance of Shamu because he's going to be released at sea and be like, oh, this is a great moment, but look at me. Look at me. Yes, I'm standing here. I'm a wonderful person because I'm here at the release of Shamu. Just go with it, man. Just let let it happen. That's a very strange reference. Do we have to actually go to the release of Shamu? Oh, we can can get the release of Shamu tonight, baby. (laughs) Wow. That is what that... (laughs) I did not see that coming. I really... That, oh! That. Uh, thank you for that setup, Greg. I was I, hoping I always, somebody would. <laughs> I, I always uh, thought that we called it Nemo. Mm-mm. 
You found it too many times? I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, let's, let's, uh. Holy shit. Okay, guys, you gotta you get serious here. Rob, what is one of the things that you hate a lot about this, uh, that, that I do on this podcast? Usually around Christmas time. Oh. Are we doing it? Because I'm terrible at it. What What is it? The, the holiday traditions around the world? Yep, we're doing holiday traditions around the world. Holy shit! I'm so bad at this. Let's do it. Okay, for uh, Joel and Omar, who I don't believe have partaken in this, what occurs is I will list off a holiday tradition from around the world. Some of them 100% real. Some of them 100% made up, and you have to tell me if it's real or made up. I'm game. <laughs> uh, All right. So, for are, example... Wait, are these are these Christmas or Halloween traditions? They're definitely Halloween traditions. So, for, I'm, I'm going to give you an example one. So, uh, this one's easy, so it's just an, you know, an example. Halloween is known as El Dia de los Muertos in Mexico, or the Day of the Dead. The three-day celebration begins on October 31st. Mexican views as a joyous holiday that honors deceased loved ones. Is that real or fake? Now, we all know. That's real. That is 100% real. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. I got one right. Next one. Okay. That's the only one I'm getting right tonight. <laughs> now, I feel some people here are actually going to know some of these. And um, remember, this is around the world, so it, some of them are Halloween-like amalgams. It's not, you know, it might not be October. It might be, you know, some other Halloween-like holiday. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about Uroban in Japan. Uh, it is, let's see, uh, special foods are prepared, lanterns are hung in honor of the spirits of the dead. A fire is lit nightly to show ancestors where their families might be found. Uh, and also, plenty of time is spent cleaning gravestones, and dances are perf performed around the communities. Real or fake? Real. I would say I'm, real. I'm going to say real. <clears throat> That is real. Yes. Nice. Real. Excellent. You guys are a good team. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Peru. Guinea pig costume contests. Guinea pigs are dressed up as Peruvian kings and queens, and uh, the other are miners and peasants, and they are lavished with food and pampered. Real or fake? What is this that called? That sounds so ridiculous, it has to be real. What's it called? I would say real. Uh, just a guinea pig costume contest. You say real? Oh, wait a minute. What is it called? Well, I it's it's referred to as a guinea pig costume contest. It's, I, that's, yeah, well, you're, I can't answer these questions to you. <laughs> I think it's fake. I think it's real. I'll stick with real. This is the weirdest one we've ever had because I made it up. And then I looked it up, and it turns out it is real. What? Yeah! Shut up. <laughs> I, Shut up. So I wrote, so the way I phrased it is I wrote the word guinea pig costume contest, and I knew Peru had a big guinea pig thing. So I looked up guinea pig costume contest, and Peru, I Googled it just to make sure it wasn't real, and it turned out it was. And the fact that they added on the part where they, like, they'll pick, like, the best guinea pig costumes and, like, feed them a bunch and make them happy made me laugh. So it is actually real. The reason that I thought no is because you didn't have a name for it. He didn't know uh, what it was called. Yeah. yeah, and I was I was on the fence with that too. Yeah. That's Okay. 
Okay. I was voting real because I had a friend who went to, to Peru and, and was sending back all these Facebook pictures of him eating a guinea pig on a stick. Well, I know that yeah, guinea pig is a yeah. is, is a food source there, like it's common. common. Yep. But yep. I didn't know they like dressed them like like <laughs> Jack Skellington or whatever. Like I didn't. By, know that. by the way, the, <laughs> the the pictures are freaking adorable. Okay, moving on. Vrotulus uh, Kof, a traditional Halloween game played with boxes filled with trees. Oh, it's in South Africa, so I, I I should have used my best Afrikaans there, but I, I don't Afrikaans. have that. Yeah, a traditional Halloween game played with boxes filled with treats and tricks. Uh, the treat is tra- traditional candy made from yams, and the trick can be anything from insects to bat guano. Children pick a box and reach into the hole to see what they received. They need to keep a straight, fa- straight, straight face because other people can try to trade with them, and whoever ends at the end of the game gets the treat or the trick. Real? That sounds real or fake? Because it has a name too. I'm gonna say fake. Greg is very good at making. Yeah, it. I know. I'm going to say fake, too. That is fake. God damn it. Yeah! That is the Afrikaans name for bat box, though. <laughs> or no, no, tricky. Uh, trickster trickster box. That's what it is. That was so um, well-developed. Man. All right, Omar. Get in the game, buddy. Come on. <laughs> I'm two for two. Omar is the new Rob. Last time uh, I just randomly stuck my hand in a box, I'm, I was almost sold to a sultan. So, anyway. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> God damn it! There's a hundred percent chance that he's not kidding. <laughs> when I go to Eastern Europe, uh, things get weird. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Eastern Europe, uh, Romania. Oh Jesus! Oh God! I never going to be able to pronounce this. Uh, Spiritore Cucap de Capra. Okay, so um, yeah, Cap de Capra is uh, the head of a goat. Yeah, so okay. keep going. Uh, it makes like, a lot. Oh shit! My thing just fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that actually makes sense. A scarecrow is constructed using a severed goat's head and tree branches in the center of the village, and the children dance and play around it. Uh, this being the land of I, uh, I wrote this part because it's the land of Dracula. The children are gifted with necklaces made of garlic. Yeah, I've never heard of that, and I was literally born in Romania. I've never heard of this. Um. So it's real? It is, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to say real. But the thing yeah. about Europe... Because it'll be hilarious if Omar is wrong. Yeah. No, <laughs> not for me, but that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing about Romania, the thing actually the thing about a lot of those, especially Eastern European, but just Europe in general, is like from one region of the country to the other, things can be unbelievably different. Like... Even like Germany, for example, like if you're from um, Hamburg in the north and and you meet someone from like Munich in the south, you're almost not even speaking the same language, like literally. So in Romania, that could be a thing somewhere like in, you know, Moldavia or something like that, that I've just never heard of. But it's it's definitely not in the south or the west. So I'm going to go with no. But you did have the right words in Romanian, but I don't know. So, Joel? I'm going to say no. Not real. I made it up, including the words, by the way. <laughs> well done, Greg. Well, you did you like look up the words and like just Google Translate or something? Yeah, I, 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 I looked up a little. Yeah, I looked up the words, but I was really trying to put it past you. So I also had to look up like how they were 
put together. Because in Romania, it, I've never heard anyone say anything about garlic with with vampires. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I've never actually heard that. that part. When I look, uh, we'll we'll do this later because we're running out of time here. Jeez, um, oh, more words I can't pronounce. Nunatia vut. Uh, this is a an an es- I don't know if it's called an Eskimo region. It's an Eskimo region, in northern Canada. A a child from each family is smeared with rancid walrus grease and stands outside the Aputiak to ward off uh, the shapeshifter creatures. The shapeshifter creatures can change into any Arctic animal, but the smell of the grease confuses them. Uh, if they get confused, they review their true form and give the children gifts instead of eating them. I'm going to go with real. I'm going to say fake. I'm going to say fake, too. I just really hope it's real. <laughs> it's really well. it's, it, it is also made up by me. Damn, it. Yeah! Damn that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so metal. Hey, smear me in grease and throw me outside. Let's do this. <laughs> Where's my present? <laughs> well, I've seen, I've seen at least one of the people here in a kilt, so let's do this one. It is, in Scotland, it is customary to peel an apple. Uh, around the time of Halloween, making sure to keep the skin in one long strip. You then flip the peel over your shoulder, and it will, in cursive, I, I assume, spell out the name of the one that you are going to marry. I'm going to say real. I'll go with real because the, the last few have been fake. We, we're all going real? Man, you, I can't yes. get anything past you. That one is real. I, re- I remember something about peeling peeling an apple in one long peel. That was why I... The last time I did that, it said Timothy, so I'm worried. Awesome. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to try to find two more. Oh, here we go. Uh, Germans. Crazy Germans. We've already talked about Germany a little bit tonight, but we got uh, some... Some other people. This one's going to... Yeah. Uh, they go to the graves of their relatives, and but throughout the week... They have to make sure that they hide all of their knives because they don't want to accidentally injure any relative's ghosts by swinging the knives around. I've never heard this, but that doesn't mean anything. So they they hide all knives around the week of Halloween because their spirits of their relatives are walking around and can be harmed by the knives. I'm going to go with fake. I've never heard of that, but... There's a, Germany's got a lot of different regions, and they're all very different. Germany's so. weird. I feel like that could be real, and I know that iron is supposedly bad for ghosts, and it hurts ghosts. Maybe that's where the whole knives thing... You know what? Fuck it. I'll say real. I'm going to say fake. It's definitely not a thing in Bayern, like in the in southern Germany. It, it, it is real. Fuck. It is real. Ah! Yeah! Rob, you were on fire today, buddy. <laughs> I I never do this well in this game. I am super psyched. Uh, India Hindi ritual cleansing of the dead or the dharmic sanskar, in which bodies of loved ones are unearthed and cleansed with a mixture of turmeric and antimal, which is a type of flower. Uh, the village pujari will place sage bundles over the uh, the bodies so that the families don't have to see them. You said unearthed. I'm going to say fake. Yes. I'm going to say fake, because you have to, like, dig up. I say fake. Oh, and, uh, and you said India? Just, yeah. Because a lot of times they will put their, like, deceased, like, on the Ganges River and, like, burn the bodies. So you're not unearthing anything. So what I'm hearing is don't eat any barbecue that randomly floats down the Ganges River. Well, and they're all vegetarian, yeah, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That's true. 
You are correct. That is fake. Damn you. Damn you all. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you go with grave desecration, yeah. I mean, that's... There is actually... That's actually made from another culture. There is a culture that does that. Wow. Um, they But they, they actually bury their, their loved ones on the side of a mountain, but they do um, they do unearth them and clean them. So I did actually combine Probably that. Like you know, you tell Greg something in confidence, and you don't expect him to say it on a goddamn <laughs> podcast. Before you know it, everybody yeah. hears it. Well... I think that'll do it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, I'm trying to... that got weird fast. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> did it, yeah, I did. Did I win? You, you did. killed it. You got, like, everyone right. Mm. Man, that was awesome. Yeah. I, well, I've done I this awesome tw- I've done this twice for Christmas. It's getting very hard to do because I've run, like, I've run out of ideas. <laughs> That's fair. So. Okay. Yeah. And he's tricked me like every year for Christmas. Garok <laughs> Hokender or something? Or was it Gur- Gurtok Hoender. <laughs> Which was like the name of like two IKEA things, but it made it sound like it was it yeah. sounded, made it sound like it was that was, like, that was the one where they like had to climb a greased pole to get a chicken. Is that what it was? Pole <laughs> yeah. to get a chicken? What the fuck? Where does that come from? I was like, my oh brain. my god. You're like that has pole. to be real. There's no way that's not real. Oh my god. I'm like, no, I made I made that one. That's awesome. <laughs> That is so awesome. No, I I just wanted that one to be real. Yeah, I know that feeling. Like, right? Like, like you want to see a bunch of kids like clambering over each other to get a get like a raw chicken hanging from a metal pole. Yeah. Okay, let's let's do some some podcasting. Fight here. for your dinner, boys. <laughs> so uh, happy Halloween, everyone out there. Of course, <sighs> let's. Uh, I guess we're gonna talk. Dune is the big thing, so we're gonna end with Dune. Uh, mm. Let's talk briefly about. Uh, lock and key. So, Rob, you've watched most of this, so you take the lead. I I have. Uh, lock and key uh, season two was released on October twenty second of twenty twenty one. It is on Netflix, and it's actually a really good show. I recommend that you check it out. But it stars uh, Darby Stanchfield, uh, Connor Jessup, Amelia Jones, Jackson Robert Scott, uh, Griffin Gluck, Aaron Ashmore, Asha Bromfield, Petrus Jones. Halea Jones, Genevieve Kang, Lysla de Oliveria, Kevin Durant, Sherry Song. I love that dude. Kevin Durant is awesome. Who is he? He was the, uh, well, he was the mercenary. Oh, Frederick Gideon. Yeah, he he, he was the The, the the, English officer, right? Yeah, but what we know him from is he, at least I know him from, is he was the mercenary in Lost, and then he was in that vampire show with the vampires in New York. Um, he's actually a comedian, but he looks like a complete badass. He does, and and he's he's. I want to say he's like a character actor because I know I've seen him in a bunch of other things. Yeah, like in Canada, he's a, in Canada, he's totally a, a comedian. But like here, he always they always cast him as like a mercenary or something. Well, he's 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 probably typecast as a heavy because he has that look, and he's got a great voice. Yeah, he's got like a weird, like an interesting speaking style. Mm-hmm. He he looks like somehow handsome Christopher Walken. Okay, Interesting. okay, I can see right. that. Go down that road. He's six six. Holy shit! Yeah, he's a big guy. That's what I mean. He he's got that he's got that heavy look to him. So that they cast him a lot as like the enforcer or the bad guy or whatever like that. I want to say I want to say he was actually one of the. Um, wasn't he in Deadpool? Uh, he he did he played the blob, but he's not built like that. Like he was in a fat suit, right? He right. was in Legion. 
He was in that show, The Strain, which was really good. That was no, on like that was the Vampire FX. Show. Oh, is that the yeah. one you're talking about? He was yeah, that was a great yeah, he show. He was the lead in that. Okay. Anyway, let's. Sherry uh, Som, Colton Stewart, Lacey Mayboom, Brendan Hines. There's a lot of people in this. Kobe Bird, Jesse Camacho, Joy Tanner. Yep. Um, my brief synopsis was the fight continues. The Lock Children believe they have defeated the evil Echo Dodge, allowing them to relax and drop their guard, only to realize things are not quite as sunny as they think. And, I mean, I gotta say, I'm really enjoying the season so far. I, I was, I was kind of iffy after the first season because I was like, eh, I mean, where's this really gonna go? How, how are they gonna make this work? But they've, they've really ramped it up this season, and I think they're telling a really good story at this point. Um, it it's really engaging, although there are some. All right. So wait, 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 hold on. We don't uh, we don't complain until I get a chance to talk. <laughs> Sir, we'll, we'll get to that. There are some irritating decisions, but we'll get to that in a minute. As irritating as Rob is, Rob is saying I am right now. There we go. Uh, it was weird because I didn't remember much about Lock and Key season. Wait, one. you watched? I the remember. Locking Key season one, yes, and this also, but not all of it. Okay. Um, I didn't. I remember the ending and the the twist at the end of season one, and I remember the um, the effect that they did when the the ghost kid. So I don't know if, if you guys out there know it's called Lock and Key. Basically, it's a typical story of like someone in uh, inherits a house, and it's haunted ish kind of thing. But in this case, there's all these keys, and they do different magical superpowery things. And there's one key that when you opened up a certain door with it and you walked out, your body would die and you'd become a ghost and you could fly around. And as long as your body was within reach and the door stayed open, you could – I think the door could stay open. Mm-hmm. You could go back to the body. So right. you could fly around and, and visit other ghosts and stuff like that. So it was actually kind of a cool way of showing the history of the house. Um, so those are the two things I remember, though, the ghost door and the, the end. So And I didn't even realize that the other season was coming out and then it came out and I was like – Oh, where were we again? Yeah, I, I, I kind of was, was the same way. So, uh, when I first started episode one, I was a, it seemed different, like a different tone, maybe? Or a different... Something about it didn't grab me right away. Mm-hmm. But then by the end of it, it started pulling me in. And then by the time they got to the episode where they introduced the new like key that would you can unlock a door a dollhouse with it and you could actually see the the real houses like what's going on so it was kind of like a a map when you unlock the door it was kind of like the map of mischievousness or whatever in harry potter but you could actually interact with it thank you you're welcome (laughs) so it was kind of interesting it's uh for the people that don't know anything about it it's actually written by stephen king's son uh, joe hill who of course doesn't use stephen king's name um. So, and it was a comic, and I read the comic, which is why it's weird that I didn't remember anything. But okay, now you can feel free to complain. I'm I'm enjoying it. There's a couple of oh shit moments uh, towards the end. I don't want to ruin them for you, Greg, because I I don't want to, you know. But there's there's a um. There's a point where you're like, well, now well, wait a minute, if. If that is this, then why? Then this doesn't really make any. Why? What's the problem? I don't understand. That the second to last episode, they introduce a plot hole, and I'm like, well, really, is that what we're gonna do? <laughs> but my 
my biggest one of the biggest problems I had with this episode was one of the characters becomes able to make a key from scratch. Um, well, there's a couple of problems, but this character is forced to make a key so by times. the bad guy, and doesn't the bad guy has no idea what powers the key maker imbues the key with and the key maker can imbue this fucking key with any power that he wants he just has to visualize it and then the bad guy takes the key and tries it and it works and i'm like why in the hell would you not make a key that would kill him when he tried to use it true I don't understand. That doesn't make... I'm not there yet, but as you started explaining it, I'm like, yeah, just make it kill someone or make it release the body or whatever's going on. Right. And now I understand that, okay, well, you know, maybe he's going to make so-and-so use it first because he thought of that. But no, he doesn't. He just grabs it and he's like, oh, it works. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. You may go. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That is the worst writing ever. (laughs) I mean, you could even have it just freeze the person. So if, like, he uses it, it doesn't work. Freeze him. The guy, they still need the guy to make another key. So, like, you could still, he could have still done it. But, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it, it is good. There is a really cool sequence involving that house with a spider mm-hmm. that was just yeah. beautifully done. Um, that, I think that's where most, most of the effects budget went because there was some stuff early on that was like, ooh. But I think it's a fun watch. It's a great watch for Halloween. I'm a little shocked that it's, for, it's uh, age 14 and up. I'm, there's some, I'm actually there's enjoying severe, it. There's some things in there with, that make me think it shouldn't be 14 and up. Interesting. Like, okay. Uh, somebody like told me about this show originally, and they said it was... They explained it to me as kind of a kid's show. No. So I watched like the... That, that, it involves kids, but I, I wouldn't say that it's a kid... I wouldn't... I probably wouldn't have uh, like an eight-year-old. Okay, d- depending, depending on your view, there is a character who's really not who the character is so they're and they're dating another character so there's some you depending on what your viewpoint is that could technically be assault but also Mm -hmm. uh, just to go to that character that's is that gabe is that his name yeah gabe so gabe the actor that plays him is is griffin gluck and uh, every time when he is overtaken by this bad guy character i want to punch him in the face when he's not i'm like oh that's a cool kid character Mm -hmm. that's like he's a he's imbuing it perfectly like the mm-hmm. fact that what you can tell just by looking at the sneer on his face, and it's it's not quite Draco like, over the top, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, but it's like just enough there to where he, I'm like, oh, this fucking kid. Um, I want to punch him in his. Knees. And then like he has like a, he has to basically he's fighting with himself, like as the two ghosts like kind of take over his body at the same time, and like he's trying to stab himself with a with like scissors and choke himself. And the acting is incredible. It's not. It doesn't look like when someone's like goofing around and like pretending to beat themselves up. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was great. I saw the first like maybe two episodes of season one, and it was pretty good. It just didn't like pull me in. But now that you guys are talking about it, I think I'll go back and and, and try it again. I think it's a good, ha- they, a nice Halloween watch. They have some really great moments in this series. Okay. They also have some really like what the fuck moments. Um, and all right, I might ruin something for you here, Greg, but. They find the memory key, the memory unlocker key. I'm there. I'm past there. Okay. 
that allows them that allows adults to remember magic because the big problem with with um the big problem that the kids are having is that adults see the magic but because they're adults they forget the magic so they can't they can't involve the adults because the adults don't understand what's going on because every time they see it they forget about it okay right right so they find the key that unlocks the memory so that the adults can remember the magic and then they don't fucking use it on their mom so that she understands what's going on and she can help and then she ends up just being a liability because she's wandering around doesn't know what's going on oh god i've been taken hostage oh shit because i don't know who to avoid because i don't fucking know what's going on it's like just unlock her memory for christ's sake she feels so isolated and so alone because she knows that something's going on but she has no idea what it is and everybody it's like and she says it in one of the episodes. She's like, I feel like everyone is on everyone is part of an inside joke that I don't know. But she does get to go fornicate with the hot handsome neighbor man. Yes, she does. Just saying. And you'll find out later who he actually is. Oh, um <laughs> But it it's just it's just so irritating that they they as, as you know, I always have problems whenever somebody makes decisions that don't make any sense and they make decisions that don't make sense so that they can develop plot points and it's like nobody would fucking do that why are you doing that that doesn't make sense oh okay it's so we can have another episode you know what fuck you write better it sounds like a love hate thing city gates whiskey guaranteed to make you angry (laughs) (laughs) But I love the show. I'm having a good time. Okay. Uh, and now we're going to talk about Dune, the movie that is apparently taking the world by storm in other venues. Dune. So I believe the 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 novel Dune is now number one on Amazon, or really? at least it was really the weekend. Yep. Wow, that's cool. And it was the one of the most searched terms on uh, on Google as well over the weekend. What was Dune? Dune. Yeah. Nice. And uh, uh, I believe the other, the I looked it up. The other one was uh, lesbian college dorm porn. That's all just and me. That's from. I was going to say that was just you and Omar. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that was Greg. And was... Uh, anyway, the movie is Dune. It was released October twenty second, two thousand twenty one. I'm not uh, Joel. You said this to me earlier. Directed by who? Denis Villeneuve. I believe that's the pronunciation. I could be wrong on that. It stars and, and a bunch of other names that I'm not going to pronounce correct. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, or Chalamet, yeah, Chalamet. Uh, Chalamet. Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård. Unrecognizable for the most part. Totally. Uh, well, yep. you you kind of you're like he looks like somebody I know. It was his voice that I was like, yeah. oh. But the because, face, but I, it's like he looks like somebody I know, but I'm not quite sure who that is. I didn't know until I looked at this, like our notes. I didn't know it was him. Oh wow! Wow, cool. Uh, yeah, he is much larger in this, <laughs> as as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, uh, Josh Brolin. So there's uh, these. Are, this is just a who's who of of Marvel and DC movie actors and Star Wars actors. That's so got and James Bond actors. Yeah, yep. uh, oh, Harvey, yeah Ar- right. Harvey Bardem, uh, mm-hmm. Sharon Duncan Brewster, Chang Chen, Dave Batista, mm-hmm. so Drax. And yeah, wrestler uh, David Dasmauchian, also known as uh, the uh, 
I just said, almost said Pokemon, but that's not what I mean. Polka dot. <laughs> oh, is that him? Yeah. That's right. Zendaya, Charlotte Rampling, uh, and a bunch of other people. So, a mythic and emotionally charged hero's journey. Dune tells the story of Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding who must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. So there's a bunch of other stuff that happens, but we'll cover that momentarily. Um, Joel, as our guest and our resident Dune fan, yes, uh, just tell me, first of all, what drew you to Dune? Where, like, What is your history? All, all of that stuff. Why, why did I pick you? It, it's honestly, it's kind of a cool story. Uh, back in the early 80s, um, I met this dude. Uh, we got to be really good friends. And I, I had kind of like been into certain types of music and certain types of books and everything. But he really opened my eyes. He turned me on to bands like, like The Smiths and R.E.M. And he had this book nice. on his bookshelf. And he said, hey, man, you need to read this. <laughs> and I took it home and I devoured it. And I said, are there any more? And he goes, yeah. And he just kept handing me books. So it really kind of goes back to a kind of a special time in my life and just how, how much I fell in love with that book and just the feel of it. You said early 80s? Yes. Okay, so Smiths and R.E.M. were new. They um, were. Um, how, how old were you, if you don't mind? Uh, I was probably 23, 24, something like that. Okay. All right. I'm an old guy. No, no, no. The reason I ask that is because... younger than me. The, the, honestly, the reason I ask that is because... There are certain time periods in your life when things affect you a certain way, you know, and they just stick with you. You know what I mean by that? Like they just a hundred percent. And 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 in your early twenties, yeah, that make that makes sense. That absolutely it was makes the sense. music. It was it was everything that was happening then in my life. So yeah, it it just made a huge impact on me. And that's interesting because the the original Dune came out in like I want to say sixty eight or nine. Sixty five. Sixty-five. It was actually it was actually a series. It came out in like a magazine. It was published in two different parts in a magazine, and then it was made into a book. Oh, oh, you mean the first the first one? I think yeah, he first... meant the I think he meant the movie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, the David Me? Lynch movie. Yeah. No, no, no. I meant I meant the original book. I thought I knew oh, it was like sixties. I didn't know when. I was trying to help Lamar out. No, 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 no. <laughs> Screw no, you. I'm okay with being wrong. That's, that's, that's okay. It's not the first. For time, example, there are certain things going on right now that are going to stick with me forever. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> no, that's uh, <laughs> I will always be a part of it. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so you've read all the books? I have read I think four of the books. I haven't gone any further than that. Okay. Yeah. What do you it's been think, a long time, I'll be honest. What do you think of this movie versus the uh, I think there was like a mini series around 2000, and then the original in eight, in 84 or 80, 84, 85. What do you think of this one compared to those? I'll be honest, I never got to see the mini series. I've tried to find it, and uh-huh. I can't seem to find a copy of it. I've got a friend who keeps swearing that they're going to let me borrow it. Um, you know, when I saw the movie, the the, the David Lynch uh, version, yeah, you know, it, it was all we had, and I I kind of knew that there was absolutely no way to get all that into. Uh, one film and there were things about it that I liked. I mean, there's some actors in there that I really liked and there was some incredible set design and some ideas. It just didn't gel and it. Just, it didn't carry that sense of a grand epic that, that the book really does so incredibly well. Wait, this, the, the newest one or the original or both? 
the new I mean, one is, movies is as close original, as I can imagine original. to what I envisioned in the book. I was talking about the old David Lynch version from like eighty. Got it. Yeah, the eighty four like or whatever it was yeah. with Sting. And, it was like eighty three, eighty four. Yeah, yeah. St- yeah, Sting in a leather uh, bikini, <laughs> right? Oiled up. Who who was he in that? Like now that I actually know the characters, who did Sting actually play? His character in that movie is Fade, who is Raban's brother, who's played by Dave Bautista in the new movie. And you don't even see this dude. He's not a big part in the in the book. You know, he's not anything major in the new movie. He might be standing there, but I think I think they just got Sting to do it. And they're like, oh, great. We can have Sting dance around while he's oiled up, and that'll be cool. <laughs> Omar will love oh, it. I don't no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who was who Patrick Stewart? Uh, Patrick Stewart in the original movie, and I got to be honest, I got to go back and look at that. Um, he was one of the characters. I think he might have been. He was either Duncan Idaho or he was Gurney Halleck. He was the character played by okay. Jason Momoa or Josh Brolin. I can't remember. It's been it's been a while since I've even seen that version. Man, of I haven't seen that orig- that eighty four version, and it's got to be twenty or twenty five years since I've seen that. Yeah. We, we do have to talk about the, the current version. So let's let's all give <laughs> our... That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so uh, since you, you are uh, uh, currently talking, so let's... Uh, Joel, what, what did you think of this version? You know... Uh, you, it, you already it, started, so... Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. It, again, it's one of those things where you read a book like that that has such an impact on you, and, and you, you just really hope for that same vision in the movie. Um, you know, I don't know how many people really realize that this movie is just half of the original book. A lot of people kind of didn't understand that initially going into it, but um, they tackled that problem of not being able to squeeze all of it into one movie. I think that this is really the only solution. And I walked in being a little nervous about, you know, is this going to live up to my expectations? And there were so many times in the movie where I kind of almost caught myself tearing up just because it got so close to what I had imagined in my mind. Yeah, it just really, really filled that that void. So I absolutely loved it. I'm going to watch it again and again, and I'm so happy the second one's been greenlit. I'm just thrilled about that. Yeah, I was I was excited about that too. It it yeah. took me a little bit of time to get into this, and uh, as Rob knows, when he has lent me or told me about like fantasy novels to read or listen to, I often have a hard time like with obscure names, like fake made up like sci-fi names. Right. Um, for some reason, and it it makes it hard for me when I'm watching something to like figure out factions and you know, who's betraying who and all this stuff. So it took me a little while and uh, there was a few rewinds, but um, my initial real thought was this movie's beautiful. And I loved his take on Blade Runner as well. Yes. Uh, definitely has a few beats more than an American director where everything yes. that they show stays on the screen a little longer than you're inspect- than you're expecting. And I would agree with that. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, I didn't... And yeah. I did, just something I noticed, I took a lot of like foreign film classes in college because I got a chance to watch movies, and you know, I like that. So I've just there's just different editing times. Like American movies have gotten so fast with the quick cuts and all that stuff. And this one, like if someone's looking out in the desert, it's going to be five or ten seconds longer than if the movie was made here. Which is right. I, well... And I will say that's one of the things I noticed about this movie um, was that the, uh, other than the fact that visually it was just absolutely stunning, the the special effects were, were amazing. But just the scope that they put on the screen 
lends itself to this feeling of vastness, if you will. You know, like the shots of the desert that they had, the large open areas of the fortress. And then they contrasted that with some very impactful sequences where they deliberately shrink the scope. You know, like the uh, the fight in the hallway with uh, Jason Momoa, yeah. where where he he fights in this very cramped space, and it it just had so much weight to that scene. And when he, I I actually like cheered when he stood up behind them as they were trying to laser cut through the door. I was like, yeah, get him, Duncan, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was just absolutely amazing the way that they draw you in with these big open sequences, and then they shrink it down on you. And it, it just, yeah, I I really really enjoyed the movie, and I'm looking forward to the next installment. I agree with like I think we're all on the same page with the visuals, like the scenes that I loved. Early on, you have these enormous, these absolutely gigantically enormous spaceships. And then, for contrast, they show, like, entire, like, you know, like, legions of the, of their armies. And they're like little, they're, they're like little tiny dots compared to the vehicles that they're coming out of. And they're coming out in, like... In these, like, you know, almost, um, uh, you know, like, um, Greek or, like, Roman-style chunks of, like, you know, it looks like probably, like, a hundred people uh, in, in, like, the square formation. But there's, like, in, on the screen, you could probably see, like, a thousand people. And they're just these tiny little dots compared to these enormous spaceships. Or when they look over, like, like you were saying, like, the desert vistas. I... It's really awesome. Um, it 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 creates an ambiance to this to the story to the to the visuals that um, I was gonna say a lot of movies lack, but a lot of movies don't really need necessarily. Obviously, but to me that puts me that it, that puts me in that mindset to like enjoy it and to watch it. Now, uh, Joel, you mentioned that this. It's there were some points that matched up what you had in your mind so perfectly. Um, yes. Do you have? Do you know any like offhand? Because that may, that's really interesting to me. Because a lot of people that love the books, they might they might be like, oh, it's cool, but it's not what I pictured. Sure. Well, yeah, honestly, more often I think than not, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a perfect segue from from what you guys were just saying, and that is the fact that that reading that book, it is vast. They talk about you know, how huge this this whole thing of these different houses of the Landstrad are and how they're fighting from from one to the other. And they're all on different planets. And they talk about the distances from one place to another and, and how the spice makes that travel possible. And they really, truly in that, and Frank Herbert in the book just really gives it that sense of vastness. And to me, that was one of the things... Um, Reading the books, this is just like an opportunity for me to just totally geek out here for just a second. But the ornithopters, the the kind of main aircraft mm. that they use with the wings that kind of vibrate and shimmy, yeah, so those are cool. I I could I could just watch one of those fly around on screen for for the whole day, and it's like I don't think anybody else has really captured how how incredibly cool. That I think those, they were super awesome. But like as I was watching them, which I was like, I, you would have thought they would have come up with something a little bit different before they got to the flying dragonflies like the people actually <laughs> developing them yeah like it seems like it'd be really easy to shoot those down but 
but as far as a visual on the screen, I was like, these are cool. I was thinking they're, that too. Like, these are cool, but they're super impractical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I remember I had a, a coworker a long time ago that, that was talking about, like, I was showing them a, some sort of sci-fi vehicle, and it had the uh, the old style, like, like the video game steering wheel where it's just the two handles on the circle, and, like, it is not connected in a circle. Um. <laughs> And I remember them saying, like, you know that steering wheels can only be circles because you have to turn them all the way around and let them go back, and you can't risk getting your hand stuck. And I'm like, dude, you're ruining it. <laughs> like, like they look cool. Come on. Fair enough. <sighs> you son of a... Anyway, um, so this, this, you said it was about halfway through the book. Yeah. Um, and it still seems like a, a pr- almost full story. I mean, it doesn't exactly end on the most happy note, but... Sure. Um, you know, it's for someone that doesn't know the mythology. Right. Like, I only know what some a lot of my friends have been very much into this this book, um, and they tried to explain the spice to me and all that stuff. So the spice is made by these giant worms. We haven't talked about the worms yet, which is crazy. Right. Um, so, Shy. yes. So, so let's let's just talk about uh, spice and worms. Go ahead, <laughs> discuss. So- <laughs> so spice is something that is only found on on that planet on Dune or Arrakis, and it is something that kind of gives you almost like weird psychic powers. There are people that have been, I'm, I'm going to use the term bread, to take that spice and use it to bend space so that they can travel over these great distances essentially instantly. Uh, the people who live on Dune constantly are always exposed to it, and it changes the color of their eyes to blue. Um, there's some things that are going to show up in the second half that kind of, you know, I'm not I, I'm not a religious person. I don't really, like, really want to take it in that direction or anything, but it kind of borders on a sense of almost like spirituality or religion that kind of comes from the spice and everything that it means there on Arrakis. Uh, Zendaya with glowing blue eyes, still adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As is Rebecca oh. Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, I loved her character. She was great. But um, she she was the one that really um, I walked away and I'm like that lady's amazing. She, right. I, Who, same. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Yes. She yeah, killed yeah. it. And I love Timothy Chalamet. I'm, I'm a big fan of the movie Call Me by Your Name. I think he's amazing. Oscar Isaac is one of my favorite actors. I was very surprised at all show. the names in this, and then how. I don't want to ruin this for too many people, but some of them disappeared very early. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They were probably, they were, I would imagine, just excited to be part of the project. This, honestly. And and I got to say that this, this movie is actually as star studded as the original was, I think in the early eighties. Yeah. Um, they, they got, they went out and got a lot of big names to be part of this thing. They should have, like, <clears throat> you know, like, ma- picked a Sting character, like Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> as, as like, as Baron Harkonnen. Oh, my God, is that Meatloaf? He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, as it is, they got they got two for the price of one because they got Jason Momoa and his pecs to play yeah. <laughs> Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Well, one of the things that really struck me to go back to what, like, Joel was saying is... Um, whether in the original movie or the book or this one, I haven't seen the the original the the series either. But um, you get the sense of like a fully formed culture. Yes, 
and what you were saying, you didn't want to take it to re- to a religious place, but I I, I get that because I don't either. But you get that there's like you get the feeling that there's a depth of history and mythology and um religion and just just culture in general, like the the way that it's all presented, whether it's the book or the movie, you get a sense of like a deep, a really long history yeah. to it. And I love that. I, I, to me, that adds to the story so much. Like that, I'm, I'm big on that sort of thing. So you walk into this movie, even if you've never seen any of the other movies or books or anything, and you're gonna be like, you're walking into a completely formed culture. And I, I think that's great. I, I, I love that. I think they did a good job in this one too. I think they, they, they were pretty, um, uh, uh, they, they were, they were um, true to the original to some degree, yes. to a large degree. I don't and, know if you, you hit agree. On something, I totally agree, but I think you hit on something really, really important there. I think that's where the other versions of this have failed. I think that's where the, the book is really truly that thing that we kind of hold up over all of them. And this is the first one that has come close to giving you that sense of culture and history and a complete formed thing. It just, it feels bigger than its individual pieces. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, actually earlier tonight, um, that, um, Greg and uh, Rob, Rob, did you tell him he could talk to his friends? <laughs> I, I don't remember telling him he could talk to his friends. I remember telling you not to let him talk to his friends, and <laughs> here he is talking about talking to his friends. So I'm like, a... It was our mutual friend with really, really long hair down to his butt, and okay. Um, okay. who's like a huge film guy. And he was saying no that, 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 seri- that series that came out like 20-ish years ago is actually probably the most true to the novels more so than the movies but you have more time in a series because you um you you just have more time like and even in a two hour two and a half hour movie like this one you really don't have that much time to um to complete the entirety of the story like the best example i can think of is like lord of the rings if you wanted to be completely true to the books, each book would be a trilogy. Oh, there'd be so much yeah. singing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, so, much <laughs> so much poetry. But like, you can't do that. Like, n- no one has that kind of time. So with something like Dune or Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or whatever it is, th- there's really just not, not enough freaking time in your life to watch a movie that's fully formed like completely like the books. But I think this movie did a pretty goddamn good job, if, in my opinion. Agreed. So, is there a, is there anything that disappointed you about the movie, other than the fact that it had to end at some point? Honestly, no. Um, you know, you kind of asked me a question earlier, and I kind of went off in a different direction. The scene for me that was my litmus test mm-hmm. was when uh, Timothy Chalamet's character... Paul meets the the kind of the high priestess, um, Hel- Reverend Hel- Reverend Mother Helen. With the hand. Oh, hi, I'm yes. Yeah. And the pain, put your hand in the box and all of that. Mm. And that scene for me 
really truly was kind of the litmus test for is this going to work? Is this going to be something I'm going to So what do you think? I thought it was amazing. I thought it was perfect. I mean, I, I absolutely love Charlotte Rampling. I think she was the perfect person for that, even though she was kind of unrecognizable in that role. And, yeah, because uh, of the costume and everything, yeah. How do you think he did as an actor with his hand in the box and like he because they don't show really anything. It's just his face uh, reacting. I think he did good with it. Um, the the thing from the book is that you know Paul is is he's he's this son born into this wealth and this power and everything. He's a little cocky. He's a good person, but he's a little cocky. And I think that, that Timothy Chalamet did a great job of portraying that and a little bit of that sense of, well, I can knock you down a peg or two here, buddy, if you want me to, just by making you believe that your hand is being seared off. Well, the reason I ask is because I believe in the original movie when um, Kyle MacLachlan does that scene. Yeah. If yeah. I recall correctly, they show the hand. Yes. And and it's like Lame, the skin is like coming scary. off and there's yeah, yes. yeah, it's really like gruesome. Yes. I liked this version better. And I th- that's one scene in the other movie that I think is actually really quite good, but I like this one better. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Nice. Uh does anything anyone have anything else to say about Dune? Read the you book. Should- you should definitely watch it and check it out. It is it is yeah. a very good movie. It's definitely worth it. And also, of course, we mentioned this earlier, but we did get some good news about this. Oh, you know what? Uh, what am I doing? I was actually going to talk about the worms real quick because we didn't talk about how they finally nailed the damn worms. Yeah, they were awesome. Like they talk about how big they are in everything, and then the technology wasn't there to make them big. And then they have a worm that's eating something the size of like the space shuttle crawler. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it ain't like, no thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, they finally got it. So, worm opinions. Awesome. 10 out of 10. Fucking yeah. awesome. The the, yeah. the worms were awesome. I was, I was a little, I was a little confused as to what was going on between, um, what's his name, Paul Atreides? Right. Mm-hmm. And the worm, when the worm like was attacking and it seemed like he was kind of like listening to the worm talk or he was talking to the worm. Then I guess it, they said that somebody else had had uh, uh, started up a, a beater or a tremor device or whatever it was. Yeah. To draw yeah. it away. But it really seemed like he was talking to the worm at some point. I, I think that the second half will make all of that make sense because every single thing on that planet and related to the worms and the spice and Paul Atreides and Chani, everything is connected. Yeah, it'll 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 come together later. Yeah, if I recall correctly. All right, and of course there was Absolutely. the the end of the movie did show a little bit of a sneak preview of that. I think. I think the only other thing that I would say is uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Call me. Call me. Just call me. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid. Just call me. <laughs> Jason Momoa's left peck. Call me. <laughs> Call me. Hey, I'm here. You, hey, you get his right peck. I'm already, I'm already spoken for the, the left peck. <laughs> the friend of ours this weekend, Jason Momoa's pecs. That's my mom's favorite actor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so weird. How many moms wanted to go see Aquaman? Weird, <laughs> right? I know. No, I'll take. Actually, you. I don't think it's that weird. <laughs> I'll take you to see Aquaman. 
Again. <laughs> Mom, we've seen it a lot times. of time alone. Mom, I'm so sick of that movie. Movies. You gotta stop. <laughs> it's like this is ridiculous. She's like, I don't think I got the whole story. We need to see it again. <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah. yeah. When uh, he's talking to to the bad guy, what are his pecs actually saying? <laughs> Sam, my eyes are up here. Oh, and the other thing I really like all kidding aside, I really did love the um even in the original eighty four version, but um the costumes were awesome. Like they looked yes. really cool. Like they looked I don't know. I, I, I to me the water the water suits. I forget what they're called. What are the ones that like recycle your the recycle? Yeah, the that's it. But even even at the they beginning of the movie, like when they're when they show like House Atreides and House Harkonnen and and like the differences between them. But they're they're so like they're just cool as shit. Like they, yeah. oh my god, I just found my Halloween costume. Okay, shut up, Omar. <laughs> just I gotta Start go, guys. I gotta hit suits. Google. <laughs> <laughs> And I do like that you could kind of uh, tell what if they're good guys or bad guys just by their suits. Like the yep. the Harkonnens look militant and angry. Mm-hmm. Um, thought that was pretty cool. But the suit, they're, they're, they just look cool, right? Like they're they're. Yeah. Am I wrong? Like they just look. And I know it's I know it's a little thing, but I really appreciated the special effects that they did with like the body shields. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's yep. it is, I, that was the thing I was talking about where it was like it was like a, an effect that I'd never seen before. Yeah, and with that whole thing, it's there's a, there's a real fine line between it looking really good and looking ridiculous. And, and yeah, cheesy. Yeah, agreed. Looking one ridiculous, of us should like add the one that in the eighties. Although to be fair, you know their special effects were limited then. But I thought probably... that was really cool back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this is way better today. Yeah. <laughs> one of us should add that effect to one of our classes. Yeah, making the the body shield. Yeah, um, I like in both movies. I like Baron Harkonnen. I think they did a good yeah. job, even in Agreed. the original. Like, I, I it's a cool character, and they and I feel like in their own way, because I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, but in this version, it's a little bit of an updated Baron Harkonnen. You know what I mean? Because I guess they have more I, like technology. Yeah. But I think they did a good job in both movies of like portraying him as. I agree. Right, you do. Uh, even though they're very different, you know, they I, are I, different. Even in the in the eighty four movie, I found him scary. You know, I, I don't I don't know how well he holds up today, but at that point, I thought it was really good, and I think they did an amazing job with him. But that's a good point. Actually, that's a really good point because um, you have to consider the context of the time that it was cre- that right. that movie was made. With the available technology, so you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't know that it holds up, but for you and I, who saw it like way back when, it has a different. I don't know. I'm going to use the word connotation, even though that's a wrong. Yeah. That's the wrong word. But you get right. Like, well, I think I think you and I are on the same page about it. Absolutely. He's a cool. He's a cool character, and they do a good job, whether it's the old version or the new version. In my opinion, is the yeah. is the we're never not talking about Dune. This is off the rails, but I'm cool with it. Uh, did the poisoning thing actually happen in the originals, like the book? And the yes, yes, okay. it's in the book too. Yes. With the two, yeah, yeah, yes. That's that's, cool. that's a huge scene. That that's that's really kind of like where you 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 know something's going to happen because you've got the sense of 
of doom coming, but you don't really know exactly what it is. And once you find out that, um, that his, you know, Mentat has essentially betrayed him and that his wife was taken and it just is really like a no win situation for anyone there. But it, yeah, it's kind of a big part of it. Definitely. Oh yeah. That's a pivotal scene. Mm-hmm. It was a great scene. I was like, I was on the edge of my seat on that one. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen, but it was definitely one of those like. Eh? I, I I feel really just kind of talking about this movie, and I'm and I'm thinking about other movies that maybe aren't considered as good, but I feel really lucky to kind of be around now and to be old enough to remember the originals, and what I mean is like Dune. And Lord of the Rings, because when I was, the first time I read The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit I read in fifth grade, and then Lord of the Rings soon after, I never thought that I would see something that could portray it so well. And then even something like Transformers, which gets a lot of, like, you know, people like kind of shit on it a lot. And, And I'm not saying it's the best movie ever. But the goddamn visuals are fucking unbelievable, right? Sure. <clears throat> As a child I, back in the 80s, because I'm 45, right? So I was born in 76. So in the 80s and early 90s, when this stuff is like huge, I never thought at the time that I would see anything other than cartoons portraying mm-hmm. these things. And so yeah. with something like Dune now, with the available technology, it's absolutely mind-blowing to see how goddamn amazing <laughs> it can look you know what i mean like yeah, i it blows my mind i really i would like to say disney take note <laughs> this is how you do a remake yeah well said yeah but you also you don't like the new remakes do you like the the new don't get them started. I know okay, we I have know. got to move on. <laughs> yeah, we should do a whole episode Disney just remakes on that. Is like you guys in music. <laughs> That's fair. Because That's fair. If Rob talks about a Disney remake, he will make up new swear words <laughs> that may or may not get us all fired. Mm-hmm. In languages he doesn't know. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, are we closing out Dune? I think we've talked about a lot of things. This has started off as a review, but it would actually it was. We did get a chance to talk about some plot for the people that have already seen Dune out there. and might want to go a little deeper because if a lot that many people are searching Dune, thank you, uh, that many people are searching Dune and or buying the books on Amazon, uh, means it's you know a whole new generation. And if I may add, I think Joel, you like, thank you, like you brought a lot to it, like thank you, because you clearly know hey, what you're talking about. Do pleasure. not make Joel feel good about himself. That is not why. That is not why he's here. Oh, great! That's not what we do. <laughs> we make people regret their life decisions. Yeah. I already do. Okay, so he only talked about tearing up. He didn't actually cry. Yet. Okay? We're going to that when I watch it too. by myself. I'll cry. <laughs> by the no, way, so the part two, because um, it wasn't mentioned, okay. it's it's there's already a release date, and it Ooh. hasn't even been filmed yet. October 20th, 2023. Um, and I read I mean, a little blurb the, today about uh, with the director who said that um, he's ready, willing, and eager to start filming in 2022. Like, he's ready to go. He's already ready. Wow. Um, 
So October 20th, 2023, but we all know that when it comes to, you know, big films like this, who knows what kind of production delays yeah. there may be. But as of now, as of this recording, as of this taping of this episode of the Give Me Five podcast, um, October 20th, 2023 is going to be the next, uh, it's going to be Dune Part 2, which will be the second half of the book. Nice. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we should all get together at that point and uh, see it in the theater. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm there. I'll be I'll be happy to do Fantastic. that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I will say that the, you know, as soon as I saw that this was coming out on, on HBO Go for me and, and it was coming out in the theaters, uh, the, I had talked to Joel a few times about it, but we, we talked about, like, when they signed on and stuff like that, just randomly talking. But to the point of where as soon as I saw that it was coming out, I'm like, I got to text Joel and get him on the show. So that's that's how I how immediately I associated um, him with the uh, the movie, but I'm very glad that it it panned out. I was I was I had actually watched it before you, and I kept an eye on the social medias to uh, uh, to uh, see what your opinion was. I kept seeing other people's comments on it, and it sounded pretty positive. A couple of the reviews I had read were positive, so I went in very hopeful, but. Right, so, uh, any uh, any last words, Joel? We're not murdering you. We're just, <laughs> yeah. we're just signing off. You're walking the green mile, boy. <laughs> I'm just going to say, surprise. If, if it's something that, that really kind of, that you did enjoy, the, the book is even more amazing than the movie, and I'd really encourage you to pick up a copy of it. It's just so rich. Frank Herbert creates his own kind of almost language there, and it's just amazing. So, give it a shot. Okay. Well, Omar, take us out of here. Well, the first thing I'll say is little known fact. Um, all of our guests die at the end of our recordings. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I should have let you know in the initial text message. Well, we don't like to talk about it, you know, because it makes people uncomfortable. Because then people don't come on the show. They don't understand yeah. why, but... So everybody say goodbye to one, Joel. I replaced one of your teeth last night with a poison one. You're, when Next time you bite into something, it's going to burst. <laughs> Everyone say goodbye to Joel. Bye, Joel. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, but if you like the fact that uh, – if you like what we do and you like that we're going to end Joel now, <laughs> um, I encourage you to like, subscribe, and review our show. You can go to GiveMe5Podcast.com. Check out like what's going on. You can find us on Facebook. Um, you can search for gimme 5 podcast on on facebook you can do give me five pod at twitter and instagram or give me five podcast at gmail.com and you can email greg to tell us why we should let joel live (laughs) (laughs) and by the way um anytime you look up give me five it's f-i-v-e not the number five okay um please pretty please triple please leave us a review on itunes um, or whatever other podcast app you might be using, because we're on all of those. But reviews really, really, truly help us a lot. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't like what you heard, then just lie. I'm okay with it. Um, if you want to buy some cool swag, um, we have giveme5podcast.threadless.com. That's also F-I-V-E, not the number five. Um, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff that Greg. Uh, coming soon, we're going to have memorial shirts for Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
bit. <laughs> R.I.P. Joel. Joel, you will be missed, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you for listening. And uh, if you have not watched Dune, please do. And if you have watched Dune, Joel and I recommend that you read the books because uh, they're fantastic. Yes. Uh, guys, don't hear me out. Maybe we'd have more listeners if we don't kill our guests. Or think you know what? That's a compliment. We'd have more if we add if we uh, recorded it. Oh, okay, okay cool, good call. Okay. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for listening, everyone. Now we're if you'd like to be on the Give Me Five podcast, please contact us. Now we're a snuff pod. <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, and there's the title. Of the <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do that. Okay. Now Hitting we're stop. a snuff pod. To a town.